Hi, I'm Dr. Adrienne McKeon, AKA the Story Whisperer. I'm here to help creators of all stripes to discover, shape, and share the narrative gems buried within them. This season, 2020 Hindsight, is all about recognizing both the challenges we overcame and the unexpected gifts we received from the unprecedented events of the year 2020. Life handed us a jar of expired olives, and we each made our own unique version of a quarantini. And if these inspirational stories should happen to inspire you to share yours, well, that's allowed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm your hostess, Dr. Adrienne McKeon. And today we have one of my fabulous friends, Teresa Franco Macaro. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it like that. I love it. That's how the Italians would say it. Years That's ago, right. I was in Italy and people would say, they come up to me and start speaking Italian. I don't know Italian, but you know. Okay. okay. Franco Macaro, Franco Macaro, whatever you want. It's all no. good. I, years ago, was actually in the the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland Ooh. with one of my cousins. And she, of course, speaks beautiful Spanish, French, Italian, blah, 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 because she lives in Europe, and that's just what they do, right? And uh, I asked her before we were going to go to this club, and I was like, what do I say if a guy's, like, hitting on me and, like, giving me a hard time? And she's like, you look at him straight in the eye, and you say, que bello ragazzo. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I practiced this over and over again. And... <laughs> This guy comes up to me and he's like, you know, getting all in my space. And so I was like, que bello ragazzo. And he's like, oh, he puts his arm around me and, and my cousin is dying laughing. And I'm like, what did I just say to him? Like, what did you tell me to say? And she's like, you just called him a cute boy. You said, what a cute oh guy. My God. And I was like, why would you do that to me? She's like, cause it's really funny. So then I was like, so what do I say to him now? She's like, just tell him you don't speak Italian. And I was like, no paro italiano. He's like, come no paro italiano. Like I just heard you speaking Italian. Like don't oh lie to me gosh. now. So I was just, it was so funny and bad. I was really mad at my cousin, but it all, it all ended fine. <laughs> I was like, I'm American. And he's like, me too. I am American. We are all yeah. Americans here. Yes, yes. Yeah, right, right. He's American, sure. <laughs> I'll believe that. And I got a bridge to sell you in Manhattan, right? Absolutely. Okay. D Teresa, you still haven't introduced yourself to these wonderful people. Tell them oh who you goodness. are. Yes, yes, yes. Well, my name is Teresa Franco Macaro or Macaro, however you want to say it. It's all one word. I am the chief storyteller for Why Story Works, where we help people tell the right story at the right time to the right audience to get the right results. I am so excited to be here with you, Adrian. I found you on LinkedIn and that's really part of the story of this last year is just really working that LinkedIn space and um, just really grateful to be here. So thanks for yeah, having me. Absolutely. So what story is the world not getting? You know all about story. So mm -hmm. tell us, what story is the world not getting? Well, I, I think, you know, the world need stories and they forget, right? I, I think the world decides that storytelling or communication is a soft skill. And you and I both know that there's nothing soft about it. You know, a really good storyteller is going to make it look really easy. And a great communicator inspires action. 
and people who understand how to inspire action know how to tap into emotion. And we all know that our brains really light up with story. And so if we can figure out what the audience needs or what the person I'm speaking to needs to hear and activate that piece of emotion in them, we, we can all, you know, get along a little better. And so I think, uh, I feel like we should be singing that song, What the World Needs Now is Love. You know? <laughs> we always right right and my kids would say huh mom mom don't don't sing don't sing <laughs> but um i think the world is missing this this kindness and empathy and that comes through story and that's how we evolved as humans and so that that's what i think we're missing absolutely and by the way my daughter would tell me not to sing too but that's a whole well, other you well, can you, you can hear all about that on how to be amused but so <laughs> i want to hear about the greatest gift that 2020 gave you? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> She's like, oh. There are so many, right? I, I think one of them is humility. And um, that might sound really like, well, what are you talking about? Um, and, and it's like, you know, we don't know everything. We It can all be taken away in an instant. I remember on March 11th, 60% uh, of my receivables vanished. Mm -hmm. And then on March 28th, another 30% vanished. So I was left with 10% of my my soul practitioner, soul storytelling, consulting business. And I thought, well, you know, you better get to work. You better pivot and figure out how to be resilient and how to network in a virtual space and how to, you know, support those folks around you and um, not, not get sucked in to this idea that it's so fast and how much you know and who you know and how much money you make and and you know let's get to it, it there, i have sometimes a tendency and i think i've shared this with you before to um really fetishize productivity and yeah. connection and getting work done and this past year it's been so I don't know, just up and down. It's like three days on, two days off, two days on, five days off. It, the, my, my sense of equilibrium on, on getting out there in the world is really, has really changed. Um, so yeah, that, that gift of just being humble and working around and listening to those around and holding space for maybe things that I didn't hold space for before. What did your work life look like before the pandemic? Oh gosh. Well, let's see. I try to run, I try. My 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 inner monologue would say, try and line. You're doing it. Okay. So <laughs> I I work to run uh, two businesses, not one, but two. So my husband has a general contracting business. So I manage his business for him. And I also run my own consulting business, Why StoryWorks. And so a typical day for me might or week might include three days out in the field training, doing instructor-led training, either my own content or vendor partner contents. I'm also a certified Dale Carnegie instructor. Um, and then I would spend another couple of days working on my husband's business and trying to network and get gigs and, you know, doing free speaking and, you know, whatever it could be. Um, just go, go, go. And uh, also keeping my, my two adult daughters rolling. Um, and it just, it, pandemic hit us and it was, there was no, 
there were no rules. Everything just went away. I mean, it just went away fast. It just, yeah. it was an immediate shuttering. Um, we also had to shutter my husband's business for a full 30 days. And, you know, as a general contractor, you don't know if people are going to hire you again. Who's going to want to update their bathroom in their kitchen when um, they don't have money to pay their their mortgage? So just really learning to have to trust. And uh, the internal cop in the head who, who writes me a ticket every single day telling me, oh, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Or who are you to be running these two businesses would just be like, um, well, now what? So now what are you going to do? And yeah. so I got to work. I got to work creating videos and um, doing virtual webinars, obviously, um, and just changing the business model. And I'm not saying it's all sunshine and rainbows because it's not. It's not, it's, it's hard. Uh, yesterday was the very first day I was back doing an instructor led seminar for one of my vendor partners. And it had been a year and a month to the day. And I got news for you. I felt a little rusty. I felt a little like, oh my, you know, but we, it's like riding a bike. It kind of comes back to you. And I, and then I realized how much I really missed it. So yeah, it's a typical work week would have been out, out, out. And now it's in, in, in. And sometimes having that internal focus is hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. So how did you create uh, how story works in the first place? Tell me a little bit about the backstory there. Yeah. Well, why story works came about because I was working, I spent about a dozen years working in Fortune 500 companies doing adult learning and training and sales training and education and brand ambassadorship and managing teams and managing, you know, in, inside sales teams, customer service teams, uh, training and development initiatives. And uh, one of the Fortune 500 companies I was working with after shifting jobs with them about six times in a four and a half year span, they um, outsourced our entire department. And wow. Yeah. And today that company is no longer in existence, which, you know, that said a lot about them. But so I took my severance package and my health benefits and I said, well, now, if not now, then when? Yeah. And so I took all of that energy that I was putting into making my Fortune 500 companies a lot of money and put it into uplifting my husband's business. So within about a year, his business was pulling in what I was making within those uh, corporate arenas. And then it took me, you know, a lot of time and I'm still working on it to kind of get my business up and running. And so it's, it's, it's a process. Um, but that really just got me thinking, you know, if I don't, if I don't do this now, then when am I going to do it? We're not getting any younger. Um, and, and something really significant happened. Uh, it'll be five years ago, May 3rd. Um, my sister, I'm one of seven kids and um, I was the youngest for many, many, many years. And then my younger sister came along when I was nine, but there are three of us, my sister, Kate, my sister, Maria, and myself that are all within three years apart of one another. And um, she passed away of stage four colon cancer. And she was the exact same age that I was when I was thinking about starting Why Storyworks. And I remember her saying to me, what a wasted life I led, failing at things just to piss off mom and dad. And I'm like, whoa. And I thought, you know, and I love my sister dearly. I mean, she was, 
she was a great person. We used to call her Kate the Great. You know, she used to, she used to, she had so much moxie and um, so much, uh, you know, just spirit. And, you know, she passed away at a very tender age. And I thought, I, I don't want, I don't want to live with regrets. I, I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking, oh, if only I should have, would have, could have, why didn't I? And, you know, like I said, my sister Kate, she used to, she was the type of person she would, um, as we were kids, my mom used to dress us all alike and we used to all wear these little dresses. My mom would make our clothes and we'd wear these little pinafore dresses with saddle shoes and, you know, Mary Janes. And she'd wear her shoes with no socks and she'd put these Chiquita banana stickers on the soles of her shoes. And sometimes she'd put them right in her forehead, you know, like she had this third eye and she'd climb trees and, you know, she, she was cool in my eyes. And, um, you know, and she was gone in an instant and I, and I just, I'm mean, like, it's not going to be me. And she was the second sibling of mine to pass too soon. And so again, I'm like, you know, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Everybody's got a story. It just needs coaxing to the surface. And I got my own story. And is my story going to be that I didn't live the, the life I wanted to? So rip the bandaid off, sister. Go for it. Just do it. Right. As they say. And it, it's it's a journey and you know I fail um, and I'm not exactly where I thought I would be at this point um, and I'm further along you know so it's like this paradox um, so that, yeah. that's the story yeah I feel like it is so hard for women to invest in themselves do you feel that yes and no you know, I, I always thought possibly it was a female thing. Hmm. And I don't know if it is so gendered. I do know that I didn't feel confident truly stepping out on my own until I had that financial support, yeah. um, either with the severance package or, you know, making my husband's business boost. And I got news for you. I spent a long time searching for the, um, the next gig, right? The next Fortune 500 company. And, you know, some days I still look at, at at things and I think, oh, maybe I'll put my hat in the ring for that. And then when I don't get it, I'm like, oh, that's the universe telling me it's not where you need to be, uh, <laughs> which is really hard to hear sometimes. And, and so I think sometimes it's more of an internal mind shift and that can happen whether you're a male or a female. And it, it, sometimes it's about that financial security or what we believe to be a financial security. And sometimes the way of the world is that the men have more financial security sometimes. So in a way, yes. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. And I don't know. Yeah. I, what I mean by that is just, I, I've often noticed that women, I think because of that, because, you know, historically women just haven't controlled the money you know, and they just haven't had as many kind of financial resources that as soon as you get a little bit of money, it, there's this uh, sense of, oh, I need to invest this in somebody who can make more money with it, like mm -hmm. my husband or like my children, <laughs> mm -hmm. rather than, oh, I should invest this in myself. I should invest well, this in my own business. Well, I, it, I, I, I certainly, I think you've got it. And like I said, I was listening to some of your podcasts, you know, where people were talking about their story and what stops them. And I do that a lot with my one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like what, what stops you from, yeah. from doing this? And you, you and I have had these conversations before about manifesting. And it seems to me that the fear factor 
can come at any time. So I don't oh, know yeah. if it's about investing in myself as opposed to not investing in that story of you're not going to make it or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the key. And and really feeling like it's going to be okay. And that's really hard because I'm going, what am I crazy? We're going to run not one, but two businesses in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, that's, that's insane. That's insanity. You, there's no guaranteed income. There's no guaranteed health benefits. There's no sick time. There's no 401k. There's nobody. There's no uh, time off. It's If you don't make money right now, it's all on you. And we're fine. Um I have to tell you though, I mean, and I've had that same conversation, you know, with myself, but looking back, I feel like there was never any guarantee anywhere. Exactly. And exactly. that thing with the pandemic is that so many people who thought they had this guarantee, who thought that they right. had this ironclad, you know, career choice that was always going to support them and always going to be there. Yep. Uh, and they put all their eggs in that one basket Yep. and now all their eggs are broken. Um, yep. And yeah. so I think it's, a, it, it's really important, especially as I get older, I'm seeing more and more the need to diversify, the need mm-hmm. to put my eggs into different baskets, the needs need to share my gifts in different areas and in different mm-hmm. ways so that if things shift and something happens, I can be a little more modular, a little more right, right. Yeah, flexible. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was reading an article just the other day because I'm always reading. I'm sure all of us are, you know, about and, and my and I can attest to this. My dad, you know, speaking of stories, he worked. He was in the in the Navy for for, you know, s- some years, but then he worked for a company for 40 years and then he retired. I mean, he was a senior vice president and he was a civil engineer and he's got his pension. We, we don't do that now. People shift jobs every two yeah. years. The future of work is not learning one skill because that skill is going to be outdated. It's, it's about resiliency and being able to communicate and sell your ideas and being a continuous lifelong learner. And you know, I think people are swinging back around to that, right? For years, it was STEM, STEM, STEM. And now it's like, oh, we, we need to learn how to talk to one another. Like, yeah, hello. <laughs> that doesn't go away. Yeah. I want to go back, though, to something you said earlier about, mm-hmm. you know, well, I didn't want to invest in a story of, you know, I'm not going to make it. Of course. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's a really important mindset to be aware of. What story are you telling yourself about where you're going? Mm-hmm. And if you are keep telling yourself like, well, I'm going to try, but it's probably not going to work or yeah, I'll probably only make this much at this or, you know, like, of course, you're not going to invest in that story. You're not going to invest right. your energy. Right. In it. You're not going to invest your money into it. Like you're not going to invest yourself into that story. You need to have a story that you can really get behind and that you want to invest in. Well, yes. And, and, I think some of it is your personality, right? Yeah. About, like I said, when I started Why Story Works about four years ago, when I got that news from the company and I just decided, all right, I'll go for it. You know what I had? I had a business card and I had a free gig that I was teaching, a 20 minute gig that I got invited to teach, you know, and that was it. And, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a website and, you know, but I had material, I had a passion. And so I did this conference, Palooza, and lo and behold, out of 50 presenters, my, my 
piece went to the top. Like they they liked it more than the the hour long presentations. And then the person who was running the conference is like, "Where have you been?" I'm like, "Well, I've been off selling you know widgets for XYZ PDQ Fortune 500 <laughs> company." She's like, "Well, you need to get over here, my friend." And I'm like, "Okay." And, you know, it's just kind of been going slowly ever since on some level slowly, but rapidly in another way, because it's been a mind shift. And my goal initially was just try to make more money this year than you made last year. Just try to, with Why Story Works, just try to make as much money with your Why Story Works as you make with some of your vendor partners that you teach their content. Let's see if you can do that. So I think those little mini goals and, um, and if you stay stasis for a little while, if I'm hovering like this year with the pandemic, we've been hovering. (laughs) We didn't double our income this year. Um, We, we hovered around the same as what we did last year. And, you know, I'll be incredibly transparent. Maybe I shouldn't be, but, um, I, could I support myself 100% on just my Y Story Works income? Probably not. And why is that? Well, because I also support my husband's business and yeah. I try to run, you know, our family with our, you know, I have a daughter that's going to graduate high school this year and having her do online learning and have an entire senior year online and uh, ensuring that she's going to get launched to college. And I have another daughter who's at UW. She's a junior and she's a dance major. And my other daughter does um, theater tech. And I have a background in performance, big surprise there, storyteller. Um, but it's really fun to see them kind of come into their own. But I realized, I'm like, what's important to me now? I mean, that was the big thing with investing in the story. I'm going to invest in what really, really matters to me. And my family matters to me, my kids, my husband, my friends. I mean, there's some friends that I, I, I'm not friends with anymore. I, I just didn't have the bandwidth to, to keep up that facade. And I think that again, the, the pandemic, this story of what's important, what do you value? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to put my energies and leaping a little bit that faith uh, because if, if I hadn't lost all that income in March, I don't know that I would have leapt with creating videos and being more present on LinkedIn and having, uh, you know, conversations like this with you. I never would have met you. I, I wouldn't have met you. Uh, there, there are people that I've met through the virtual space that I never, ever would have met because I wouldn't have had time. I would have been running off to some, you know, networking event downtown Seattle or what have you. And not really just sitting in that moment of being, well, who do I want to support? Who who really resonates? What what company, what what area really is where I want to spend my time? Um, so anyway, I my mother always used to say, do what you love and the money will follow. Or, you know, everyone says, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I work really, really, really hard and I love what I do. And, and you know, the money is coming, but it's, it's a slow drip. And I feel as if I put too much pressure on myself that I do this just mm-hmm. for the money, then I wouldn't do moments like this, right? right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go and do a, a, a free seminar at um, Lean Startup Seattle because I really believe in, in the founder story and getting your origin story straight. I, I wouldn't do those things because I think, well, that doesn't pay. So I'm not going there. Um, I think right. it's such a gift 
just to be aligned to your gifts and giving your gifts, you know? Well, yes. And um, what choice do you have, right? I mean, you definitely have a choice. I mean, I know I spent a lot of my life not focusing on that and feeling like my gifts were not very valuable because people weren't, you know, throwing money at them. (laughs) Well, come on. We're both theater practitioners, right? I have a master's degree in performance. We have a doctorate degree in it. I mean, my goodness, it's, we don't value in this country or maybe in the world, the artists, the artists muse, the internal stories that connect us to one another. And so that's a shame. You know, you asked earlier, what, what stories are we missing as a, com- uh, as, a, as a world? And, you know, the pendulum is shifting. People, people are, you know, the earth is coming alive and saying, I don't think so. You know, yeah. the, the um, iceberg is melting and um, things are seeping out that maybe we're frozen and, you know, bravo. And so we don't really know. We're kind of all, I, I was saying to somebody, you know, my sister said this to me, one of my sisters, she's like, we're all in the same boat, but some people's boats are better than others. And um, I always say, you know, we're not actually in the same boat. We're in the same flood. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, not all with, boats are created equal. Yeah, especially with this pandemic. I mean, I think yeah. we really got um, a big dose of reality. And the reality is some of us are, you know, the inequities that are there. And again, I don't want to make this a soapbox and all of that, but um, I, I do had, I have paid more attention to my own sense of privilege. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm very, very, very fortunate in that it's not lost on me. And, and we don't have a lot. I mean, we live in a tiny little house. I have a, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, it's not like we have, you know, huge, extraordinary income and we're doing okay. We're fine. The universe provides. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I just, and I love really being aligned with what makes you happy. And, uh, you know, yesterday was, a, was like one, one of the days that I call a pocket moment day. I want to keep that day in my pocket. And they're not always like that. They're Tell us about always- yesterday. What happened? Well, let's see. Um, well, the night before I couldn't sleep, which was horrible. <laughs> I only slept two hours, but um, I finally, I, you know, I, I got myself to sleep because I was doing an instructor-led workshop yeah. after about a year of being off and I was teaching modules I'd never taught before. So I was up at, you know, 6, 5.30 after two hours of sleep. I got to the office at 7. I trained until 11, 11.30. And then I had a conference call in my car on the way home. And then I had a quick lunch and then I was interviewed for a podcast and then I had our creativity cohort you and I and then I did my um my walk with my dog and I ate a really nutritious dinner so that was an awesome day now if every single day could look like that that would be great and I did get paid right I had some some financial remuneration there not everything was a freebie um so yeah it it was it was a really good day so I'll I'll remember that one and I was really tired today when I woke up (laughs) I was exhausted but well, I believe, and I think you do too, in you know the law of attraction. So I think the more focus and gratitude you can put on days like that, mm-hmm. more days like that you get. You know, if you yeah. really can just revel in that and go, yes, more like this, please. I think mm-hmm. more do come. I believe. Yes, yes, for sure. And you know, if 
because I can get really hard on myself. And um, I know a lot of us can, we can just yeah. really, I, I say, get down the rabbit hole and, and just get stuck there. And that's where, you know, I've got to have those, those resources in place. Sometimes I'll just drop things on my calendar, just, just to get me going with something really strategic or uh, a tactic that I know will help me move along. Because as an extrovert in the pandemic, it's been really hard. I love people. I love hanging around people. I love connecting with people. I love presenting with people. It's, it's very different. It's just been very different this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I'm really enjoying these, you know, zoom calls and getting to know people virtually, like I cannot wait until you and I can like have a picnic, go for a walk, you know, I mean, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing, right? It's, it's, is as I've really kind of um, getting going with this idea of story and really going all in 100% and, and giving people just a, as many resources as possible and as much material as possible and saying there's enough for everybody and I'll share it with you. And if you find resonance in it, great. If that helps you, you know, one of the things I say, you know, there are five neurological responses inherent in any good story. And then people are like, what, what is that? I'm like, well, let me tell you, you know? <laughs> and, and I, years ago when I was, um, living in the East Coast and I was running training, but also writing and writing uh, my first play and, and different things. I remember working with a, um, a production company and feeling like they were hoarding everything and they didn't even want to give posters. I'm like, I wrote the play, which ran for five years and they didn't want to give posters. I'm like, are you, this is good for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, there is enough for everybody. We don't need to hoard our, hoard our brilliance. We can we can share it. But again, that comes from that scarcity mindset. Like yeah. there's not going to be enough and I'm not going to be enough and it's, it's all going to fall away. So I better make sure I get every ounce and drip and drop from what I can give and, and make a remuneration out of it. And maybe that's, that's what I mean by the shift with, with the pandemic. It, it really yeah. calls a mind shift. Yeah. Absolutely. So what yeah. are the five neurological responses? Oh, well, well, it's interesting that you ask me. That. <laughs> um, you, you could check them all out. I got them all sitting on my website. Hey, I'm also, a theater person. I know a cue when I hear one. You do. She picks. That was a softball for you. So um, I use the mnemonic flea. F-L-L-E-A. So if you want your audience not to flee, you need to trigger their emotional responses inside of their amygdala so that they pay attention and they listen. So for example, if you know, the F stands for fear. So the flea is fear, love, longing, empathy, and action. So those are the five key uh, drivers inside of a really good story. So if you've got, or you know your audience is feeling fearful, they are having a hard time focusing. So all this stuff with the pandemic where they're like productivity hacks and you know how to manage your remote team. It's just like, maybe your people need you to just help them focus. Maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to just give them some space, right? So that they can release some cortisol because cortisol courses through our veins when we're in that fear response and fear isn't always bad. It helps us focus. So that's the, if you know your audience is in fear mode, release stories that activate cortisol. The X, the L, 
love. Oh, so many people, you know, especially now in the pandemic, we've been feeling lonely. We've lost that love. Uh, you know, I've lost that love and feeling, right? So um, if you know that's where your audience is, tell them some stories that will release dopamine. And dopamine is that neurochemical in the brain that gets triggered when we're like, oh, she likes me. She really likes me. I get all those likes on your podcast, right? Or the reshares. And the thing about dopamine is it only stays in the system for about 90 seconds. So that's why we get addicted to our phones. And that's so we got to keep priming that pump. The next L is longing. So if you know your audience is feeling really depleted, like a lot of a lot of healthcare workers, a lot of people on the front lines, they need to feel that sense of peace and serenity. So maybe tell a story that's going to activate serotonin. It's kind of how I feel when I eat a big bowl of pasta, you know? <laughs> um, and so you got fear, love, longing, and then you have empathy. So empathy is a lot of times released with oxytocin, the mirroring chemical. It's that that neurochemical that gets released in the brain when women nurse their babies. You know, it's like, oh, you see me, you really see me, you get me. And who here couldn't benefit from having somebody really understand their point of view? Yeah. And then the last one for the A is adrenaline. So if you know somebody's stuck, you want to release adrenaline. So those action stories, those those defining moment call to action stories that get people out of their comfort zone and moving. That's why you might see a lot of uh, CEOs at the end of a sales meeting do these go forth and conquer, you know, stories. So um, that, that's what I try to tell people. If you want your audience not to flee, tell them what they need to hear. So activate inside of your audience, those neurochemical responses that are going to get the amygdala to pay attention and to wake up. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's about time to transition into yeah. a little exercise here. You ready, okay. to, ready to rock and roll? Yes. Okay. So you know how this goes. Close our eyes. Mm -hmm. Take a nice deep breath. And as you breathe in, I want you to see colored light come into your body. Mm. Tell me what color it was. Oh, it's my favorite color. Seafoam blue. I'm actually wearing it today. Lovely. Mine too. My favorite, as you, as you see. Mm. So another another deep breath in. <sighs> Gorgeous. And now I'm going to wave my magic wand, and everything that you deeply desire has now come to pass. Here in this moment, it is real. It is true. And I want you. You can keep your eyes closed if that helps you visualize. I know it does me. I want you to look around your ideal life and just tell me what you see. Uh, I see abundance. Mm. I see love. I see connection. I see serenity. I see wonder. <laughs> um uh, wonder play fun um yeah. yeah so i want you to go to a place in your mind where it's like your happy place it's mm. a beautiful setting that just makes you feel like yes i'm i'm home i am calm this is exactly where i need to be and just tell me what it looks like there oh yes i i go here a lot especially when i have a hard time sleeping 
it's a field that has long wheat grass and there's a clearing where there's a big willow tree and there is a, um, a Pendleton type, you know, red and blue, uh, yellow and green blanket with a picnic basket and some delicious fruit and cheese and maybe a bottle of wine and sparkling water. And there's a swing and a light breeze. And the, it's, it's usually my favorite time of day, which is uh, just before twilight, you know, around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. And it's quiet. Um, yeah. What do you hear? Birds. Mm. The wind. Um, Take a rustling. breath in. And I want you to see what you can smell. Oh, the grass, the mm. wheat, the, the air. Can you feel uh, the grass under your feet? I feel the softness of the blanket. I'm lying on the blanket. Mm, yes. Yes. I love soft things and it's, it's a soft place to land and um, it's open. It's, it's forgiving. It's um, uncomplicated. And as you're lying there, something unexpectedly delightful happens. What is it? <laughs> My husband shows up. I'm like, oh, look at you. <laughs> so nice of you to join us. Um, yeah, and we and we and we kiss and yeah, it's and we we uh, share some food and we we toast and um, yeah. He tells you he tells you some wonderful news that you just weren't expecting to hear. Oh God, he tells me how much he loves me. <laughs> <laughs> how much he supports my business and how proud he is. I'm going to cry. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, and how grateful he is that we're, we're in it together. You know, we've been together 25 years. I met him on a sailboat when I came out to Seattle on vacation and I never left. I quit my job over the phone and, um, you know, we're still together 25 years later with two kids ages 18 and 21, but, it, and this hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. Um, this past year, especially has been, has been tough. It's hard to work with your spouse and live with them and run the businesses and, and stay in, in the present moment and not be, consumed by fear um look at you getting me all vulnerable does this happen all the time yeah She's like yes yes pretty much pretty much all, all the time. time that's the power of story my friend it is it is the power of story and it's the power yeah. of recognizing your true desires well that kind of really looking piece. them in the face and saying that's what i want that's the human I connection that human connection it's you know, I could have said, oh, yeah, I wake up and, and I'm there by myself and I've got, you know, lots of clients. No, it, it's it's who's in the foxhole with you. Yes. Who is there with you? It, who is saying, I got you? You know, it's that's what we need. And that's the power of story because that's how we connect. Right. Yeah. 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 And what I heard in there, too, was support that he's yeah. supporting what you're doing and is well, really sometimes not really <laughs> that's what i'm but saying yeah. i think that's a yeah. desire that i heard there yes yes is yes. for him to support your business as much as you support his correct 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 yes and to see the value there 
Yeah. And that's why, you know, there are people that you put in your life, people like yourself, people like, you know, my business partner, Erna, uh, people like, you know, Aaron, who's in the creativity cohort with us. You know, that's, I, I had a meeting this just this morning with somebody who is a storyteller in Montana. I mean, you can't expect one person to be everything for you. Um, you've got to create alliances for yourself and bridges for yourself because everybody, people have their own stuff. I tell people all the time, people don't really care about you. They really care about themselves. Everybody's listening to the same radio station. Uh, WWIFIM, what's in it for me, right? Um, so, and that's normal. That's normal. That's how we've survived as a species. You know, our point of view is, is, is what we see the world through. And right. when we can, when we can let that point of view be open to others uh, through hearing their stories or listening or having this type of a podcast where you say, that's allowed. You can do that. That's okay. We give ourselves permission. That's where the magic happens. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this magic with us. Thank you. Letting all the listeners filter your story through their eyes. And oh my gosh, thank you so much, Audrianne. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful to have met you this past year. Yeah. And I am so grateful that uh, I'm part of the creativity cohort. And yes, yes, that, that we are creating. By the way, uh, anyone who's listening, I, um, I think this is going to go up in July, actually. Uh, so I'm not sure how this will, will work out, but. We are currently working on uh, plotting an idea to have mm -hmm. a retreat, mm -hmm. a creativity retreat. Uh, I know this yep. is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And so uh, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make we it are. happen. We are. The seeds, the seeds have been planted. And now we've put it out there in the world. We're going to have to live up to it, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's the, the, the beautiful thing about stories and expertise. I mean, everyone's got their own point of view. There's enough for everybody. And that magic that happens when, when we live in those moments that bring us intense joy, um, you never know. You know, uh, one of my favorite authors, Dr. Seuss, oh, the places will go, right? You know, we'll, we'll go so many places. So yes, the creativity sometimes, could work. Sometimes investing in yourself doesn't yep. need to have money. Sometimes it's just about taking that time and that energy and going to a retreat where you mm -hmm. spend some time and focus on creating, creating yep. what is inside of you, bringing it outside of you for other people to enjoy. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my dear, thank you so much for being here. Where can the lovely folks at home find you? Oh, for sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there. Uh, Teresa Franco Macero. And the easier thing to do is www.ystoryworks.com. So W-H-Y-S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S. Or Teresa at ystoryworks.com. I've got a website, I got a YouTube channel, LinkedIn, all of it, you know, come share your story. I'd love to hear. We need our stories now more than ever, especially as we begin to emerge from our cocoons and our caves. We've got to remind ourselves that connection, human connection is, is so valuable. And we're social, social creatures. We, we live and breathe stories every day. And that's what I've committed my life to doing. And I, I love it. Love hearing stories, love sharing stories and uh, find me. Let's, let's chat. Love to hear your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
thank you so much for being here to witness that. After all, a story with no audience to receive it is like a plant with no soil to take root in. If you found this episode worthwhile, please pass it on. And if you've got a story the world just isn't quite getting, I'm here to help. Check out my website, thatsallowed.com, to get your free ideal scene meditation and start releasing your masterpiece today.